Good afternoon. You know, today, if you're wondering if there's any hope in your life, if there's any encouragement, if things can ever change, which is what we're going to talk about this afternoon, it comes in that line that we just sang. It's in the goodness and the faithfulness of God for your life. Uh, it's thank you for being here today. I know uh, it's disruptive to your schedule, and I appreciate your flexibility and your responsiveness. I appreciate those of you who made calls to people to let them know about the service times because maybe they're not on Facebook or social media and don't get our church email. Um, if you would like to know about these things and don't get our church email, call the office on Monday or send us an email through our church website and we'll get you on it so that you can uh, know in, in case that we have another snow event or weather event in the coming months. Probably never going to happen, but just in case. And I want to say a special thank you, too, to our volunteers. You know, it's really disruptive to people's Saturdays when I'm calling them or somebody's calling them at, you know, f late Friday night or early Saturday morning to let them know of these changes. So uh, an extra special thank you to, to all of you volunteers who, who rallied today, really, to make this service happen. Uh, we're talking about character. And we started last week talking about uh, character. We decided that character is who you are when nobody is looking who you are when nobody's looking. So not the you that you project when you're in public. It's not the you that you present on social media with all your great pictures and all of your, you know, kind of great high life moments. It's not the you when, uh, you know, you're kind of in work and you're on in front of everybody else. It's you when no one is there and it's just you. It's who you are when nobody is looking. Uh, the, the quote that we used last week, it's who you are kind of in the dark or when you're just by yourself. And the question that we've been asking ourselves in this series is, do you like who you're becoming? That you. That version of you that's just there all by your lonesome, in that moment, do you like who that person is becoming? And given that where that person is at and give them six months, give them a year, will you like who you are becoming if you keep going down the path that you're on? And maybe you don't like that question, and maybe you just think, oh, you're infringing on my space with that question, and maybe you don't even want to think about it, and that's fine. But you know what? There's probably people around you who wish that you would think about that question. One of the great questions that someone uh, I ever heard was someone asked, you know, said, ask this question to the people who are closest to you. What's it like to be on the other side of the table from me? <laughs> now, you've got to be ready for that question, like you need to have multiple cups of coffee and a good dose of self-esteem. But that's a great question to ask when we think about who it is that we are becoming. And here's what we know. We've talked about this a little bit before. I know this is a pastor that whenever I talk about something like spiritual transformation, discipleship, spiritual growth, or character transformation, that it can get a little bit fuzzy. And it becomes a little bit unclear to us about what that actually looks like. We understand the goal is that we want to become more and more like Jesus Christ. That we want Jesus living his life in us and through us. And we kind of imagine for ourselves, what would it look like if Jesus lived the, night, the life of Rob Nyland? What would that look like? Well, that really is the goal for me. And the goal for you is to imagine, what would it look like if Jesus lived your life and lived his life through you? But the question that we struggle with and the question that I wrestle with, and I know that maybe you wrestle with it too, is what does that look like? How does that actually work? 
I remember when I was a kid, I can picture uh, sitting in my parents' living room. I can remember it was on the television, the big wooden frame box television at the end of our living room that weighed 900 pounds and had an actual dial on the front. I can remember the day that an advertisement came on the television for a fax machine. And I can remember them showing someone putting a piece of paper through the fax machine in one city, and then in another city, a fax machine started to light up, and another piece of paper came out with the exact information on that page as was on this page. And I couldn't believe it. How could this be possible? I mean, this was before the internet. How could this be possible? And I remember thinking to myself, I understand the concept of it, but I have no idea how that works. And my mind was routed. Maybe you feel the same way about kind of spiritual growth and character transformation. I understand that God wants to change me more and more into his likeness. But I don't know how that happens. And I want to talk about that this morning because it's so, so, so important. So let me ask you a question today. How do we grow spiritually? How is it that we actually grow and change spiritually? I know for some of you, you're going to feel like it probably has to do with my emotions. And you're going to think of a moment when you felt spiritual or you felt God at work in your life. Um, And for you, maybe it's an emotion you felt great joy. Maybe it's a moment you were in church and you felt peace. Maybe it was a time you were praying and you felt kind of that God was with you. And you would say, it has to do with my emotions. Some of you would say this, especially if you grew up in a Baptist context. You would say, it's when I felt guilty that I feel the most spiritual when I feel the most guilty. I think that's kind of the Baptist emotion. Maybe not exclusively Baptist, but fair enough. And I've had some people say to me, you know, I don't feel like we've had good church until somebody made me feel guilty. And the idea is that when I'm feeling guilty, God is speaking to me, and so I must be growing spiritually. So for some of us, it's an emotion. We feel that we have to feel something And certainly, if the God of the universe intersects and acts and speaks into your life, I suspect you're going to feel something. But for most of us, it's a mystery. Spiritual growth and spiritual transformation feels somewhat mysterious to us. And here's what I want you to know about spiritual growth and character transformation. It's supernatural, but it's not mysterious. It's supernatural, but it's not mysterious. Spiritual transformation and the changing of our character requires three things. Let me go through them quickly. First is a vision of what you want to become, and it's the vision of Jesus Christ. In order to grow and be transformed spiritually, you need to know what the goal is, and that this vision is really Jesus. We said last week that imagine Jesus was living his life through you. If you're going to imagine that, you need to have a clear picture of who the person of Jesus Christ was which is the gift to us in the Gospels. You can read the scriptures and get a sense of what his life was like and imagine that life being lived out through you. And I'll just say this. You have to truly want Jesus to be living in you and through you in order for you to be spiritually transformed. If you don't really want Jesus to live in you and through you and you try to do this, it won't work because your heart will be turned towards other things. So it starts by being captured by this vision of Jesus Christ and who he is and imagining that at work in you. The second is you need a power source. 
You need a power source for this transformation, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about more of that in a minute. And the last is you need some actions to get you there. We, and we'll talk about uh, this next week in particular when we talk about spiritual habits that lead to spiritual transformation in our lives. And so today I want, to turn with, I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. It's on page 1834 if you're using the red Bible in the seat in front of you. You can listen if you like or if you can look it up on your phone. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start reading at verse 5 and end at 14. Colossians chapter 3 starting at verse 5 going to verse 14. I want to talk about these last two steps, the power to make it happen and our participating actions that go along to make this spiritual growth. And see if you can listen and hear them in in these verses. Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 5 to 14. While you're looking it up, I'll just say this. You know, Paul never visited the city of Colossae. It was a church that was planted, and he was kind of their spiritual father, and he wrote letters to them. And Colossians is such a powerful and beautiful book. It fits into the same pattern as other books that Paul wrote, which is the first half of it really has to do with kind of big theological issues, and the second half of it has to do with real practical stuff, and that's the verses that we're going to read today. Colossians chapter 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he lists some. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all these things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and you've put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I don't like this verse. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against each other. But it's probably good advice. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Character transformation requires a power source, and that power source is the Holy Spirit. Last week we said that as soon as you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit gets downloaded into your life and begins the transformation process, whether you like it or not. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit doesn't ask you. The Holy Spirit isn't going to consider you as a candidate for spiritual transformation. It's going to begin that work with us immediately. Every single Christian, no exceptions. Because God loves you exactly as you are. And he will receive you today exactly as you are. All of your baggage and everything. But he loves us too much to leave us there. And he will begin a process within each of us where change is actually possible. If you go back and read the very first verses of Genesis chapter 1, before the world is created beautiful and good, there's this image of the Holy Spirit. And the language it uses is like a large eagle hovering over its nest of its babies. That the Holy Spirit is hovering over the darkness and the chaos. And it's being used to bring about transformation 
of, of that chaos from something chaotic to something beautiful and to something good. This is the work of the Holy Spirit over our lives, hovering over our darkness and chaos, able and wanting to bring about something beautiful and good through us. And as we said last week, you and I are either helping or we're hindering that process. That we have the ability to join in that transformational work or we have the ability to fight it, to resist it, to complicate it, and to slow it down all the way. And Paul captures this as he says in verse 10, put on your new self, which is being renewed in the image of its creator. Think about that for a second. That God is committing to you and I to renew us, to change us, to transform us into the image of our creator. That he's made that pledge to each and every one of us today. That that can be part of our human experience. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like really good news. Because when I think about my life, I could use a lot of renewing, a lot of transforming, and a lot of change. Now, this is supernatural, but it's not mysterious. We know how this works. We know how God works in the lives of human beings. The scriptures are filled with teachings about it. If we say it's mysterious, then it implies that we don't know how it works, that somehow, you know, we wake up one day and we suddenly realize, wow, I became patient, kind, and loving. Who knew? I didn't do anything. It just kind of happened overnight, like someone stuck me in the microwave on 10 minutes, and there you know, now I'm, I'm loving and kind. Who knew? That's not how it works. And you know that. I know that. And so what happens when we think about that is then we think that I don't have to do anything to grow spiritually. That God, I've welcomed him into my life. I'm going to keep doing whatever I want and God's going to just clean me up and fix me up on his own time. And that's not the vision for spiritual transformation. Maybe this analogy will be helpful. Uh, you'll see on the screen, not to size, two images. The first of an acorn and the next a large oak tree. Now think about an acorn. For how many of you have stepped on and crunched, you can actually hear the cracking of an acorn under your foot as you've walked out in a park. Cruel people. Think about this tiny object. Um, looks so funny in shape. The ability to actually break the arch of your foot um, that it can turn into a majestic oak tree. Think about that for a second. That this tiny little thing can transform into something so beautiful and strong and powerful. And we know that it doesn't happen automatically. That that acorn can remain an acorn its entire life. That there are certain conditions that you place that acorn in and it's going to grow and it's going to flourish. It's not rocket science. We know that. It's amazing. It's incredible the transformation that will take place. But we understand how it works. If you find an acorn on your deck at your home and you leave it there forever, it will never turn into an oak tree. But given the right conditions and the right circumstances, it will be transformed. It's no different for you and I as followers of Jesus Christ. We are like these acorns. And we can stay an acorn our whole lives, hoping that somehow mysteriously God will just do something in us and do it all on his own but we know that it doesn't work that way. And when we learn and as we read the scriptures and why I'm raising it today is that there's things that we can do, that we can create the conditions where God's work will flourish in our lives. 
and we will experience the transformation that he wants to bring. And that the result will be we will become people of character. People where the life of Christ actually starts get living out through us. That's a powerful thing to think about. And the theme here Paul is getting at in these verses um, is that the decisions that we make help or hinder that process. And maybe you caught it. He uses some violent and some strong imagery here to say, hey, there's some things that you might need to change in your life in order for this to happen. The first phrase he uses was put to death. (laughs) Starve that thing. Don't let it live. Don't let these things that we do that destroy our lives have space in our lives, have air to breathe and to grow and to pick up, uh, take up space. He doesn't say to pack it up and put it in a container and store it in the garage in case you might need it again. No, be rid of it. Be rid of it. Many of you have been cleaning up your house from Christmas and you've been sorting through things. Am I keeping this? Am I throwing it out? I got seven new t-shirts for Christmas. Am I going to keep every t-shirt that I had before? Am I going to get rid of some? And you're sorting through things. Paul says, sort through the things in your life. And think about what are some of the things that we do that help and enable the work of the Holy Spirit within us to bring about the change? And what might be some things in our life that are actually undoing the work of God or hindering the work of God. And would you have the courage today to be rid of them, to identify them, and to be rid of them? Paul says you do not go from someone who's got sexual immorality, evil desires, and anger, and slander to being someone who's kind, humble, and gentle automatically without even thinking about it. There's a process that goes on here where we align our life with this decision to follow Christ. And it's a call to intentional living. It's the call for each of us today that if you want to see Christ be at work in your life, to work with him as he does that. Let me give you an example. So I want you to imagine for a second that you start working with somebody that you went to university with. And it's been eight years since you've seen each other. And in that eight years, you've become a Christian. And now you're assigned and you're working on a project together, but you haven't seen each other in eight years. And I want you to imagine for a second um, that at some point, this person comes up to you and says, look, there's something different about you. I've noticed that you've changed. And they mention something specific. They say, I noticed that you've become a little bit more kind. I mean, back in college, you did not care about people, and no one wanted to work with you on any assignments because if they made a mistake, you would tear their heads off. And then this is what you would say in response. Thank you. That's helpful to hear. It's actually something I've been thinking a lot about lately. I know it's something in my life that needed to change. I've actually become a Christian, and one of the things I've been doing is reading my Bible, and I've been reading and I've been reflecting on the kindness of Jesus to people, even his enemies. He was kind to people who were nice to his face, but then would go behind his back and plot him trouble. He was kind to people who were using him just to get healed. And I've been amazed as I watched the kindness of Jesus to his friends who would abandon him when he needed them most. And I've been praying about it and asking God to make me aware of moments where I need to be more kind. 
In fact, this may sound funny, but I've actually been practicing being kind to people in situations where I would normally not be kind to them. And I've got some Christian friends, and they've been helping me with this, and they have a look that they give me when I'm not being kind to people, and I know I need to think about that and and change. And so to hear you say today that you see a difference in me means a lot. And I need to tell you that while I've been working on it, it's God who gets all the credit because he's the only one who can really change a human life. That's what God wants for each and every one of us. To align ourselves with his intentions in our life, to be responsive to the Holy Spirit's prompting and work in our life, and to pay attention as he does the transforming work, which is an inside-out kind of work. Now, here's what I know. (laughs) Talking about character transformation is kind of like talking about losing weight right? It's only fun if you're making progress, right? If you haven't started yet, it's not a very fun topic. If you've started and you've gained five pounds, it's a really lousy topic to try to talk about. Fair enough? But if you're struggling to lose weight, it's overwhelming because it's all on you. You're the only person that can lose your weight. I can't lose your weight for you. But if you could lose my weight for me, that would be really great. But spiritual transformation is different because the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, making it happen. You're not doing it on your own. And you have this vision of Jesus who wants to live his life through you. And you have a Christian community who, in theory, we are all working on this together in our own unique ways and can be an encouragement and a gift to each other to keep going and to not give up. So yes, it might seem daunting, but you're not in this alone. So my question for you today is, if you know how it works, would you be a part of the process of letting Jesus transform you from the inside out? Would you surrender yourself and say, God, you know what, that's me. I need to pay attention to the work that you're doing. There's some things in my life that I need to get rid of. There's some things in my life that I need to pay attention to. And I'm not in this alone because your spirit is living in me. I'm surrounded by a community of people in faith who are going to walk with me through this process. And in time, I will go from that little crusty acorn and I will become the oak tree that you envision me to be. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have greater dreams for us than we have for ourselves. And we might look at ourselves and all we see is the failed attempts. And all we see is the times that we tried and it didn't go too well. And that's not all that you see in us. God, you can envision in each and every one of us here today a way forward. And so, God, we pray that you would give us the faith to believe and to see what only maybe you see in us, which is the ability for there to be real change, not because we try hard, not because we have all the right answers, not because maybe we even believe everything, but because we're willing to surrender 
and allow your spirit to do its work in us. Because we're willing to look around us and say, hey, I need, I need some help in this. And because we're willing to keep our eyes fixed on the person of Jesus Christ, who is looking at us eye to eye and calling us forward and to believe him to take those first few important steps and entrust ourselves to him. So Lord, today, would you have your way with us, we pray in Christ's name.